thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the incredible co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is my brother from another mother. He is the hero of all things health and wellness. I have nothing else to say except he is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. <laughs> G'day, mate. That's amazing. You're That's, humming along? Uh, am I what? Are you humming along? Am I humming along? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would say that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely humming along. Do you not, Do you reckon that there's something in the cosmic air at the moment? Yeah, there is definitely. There's a whole lot of hate going on. There's heaps of hate. Right. Hate, anger, frustration. Like I look at poor David Warner and I'm going to say this, poor David Warner and poor Steve Smith and poor Cam Bancroft. Mm. Yes, they cheated, but they're not devils. The punishment doesn't fit the crime. Well, I don't know. Maybe the punishment does fit the crime, but I don't know whether or not Certainly, they don't deserve the persecution that they're getting. Like yeah. they, like poor Steve Smith. You get, I reckon people would like to see him hanged. And <laughs> like, really, at the end of the day, he was aware of some ball tampering. It's not like no one else has ever done ball tampering before. <laughs> um, and it just maybe it, it, it's upsetting a lot of people because they've also cheated and they haven't come to reconcile the fact that they've cheated. So oh, I love this. Angry, yes. anger and frustration out of poor Steve Smith, David Warner and Cam Bancroft. That's a topic for another. That is, but, but it, does, it does tie in with the actual uh, episode today, but you're really referring to the, you know, you're pointing what, one finger out and three fingers pointing in, that type of, that type yeah, of philosophy. Sure. I like yep. it. Well, we are going to interject the cosmic energy of hate on this episode because <laughs> we're going to discuss <laughs> courage. Uh, we're going to discuss courage on this episode. Um, we're going to discuss meditation, which is a topic you and I, Damo, could talk about for about three and a half minutes and then end. So we're going to discuss <laughs> courage, yes. the power of meditation, um, and we're going to discuss it with a good friend of ours, uh, which not actually... Many people would have heard interviewed on The Wellness Couch, been interviewed once or twice, I dare say, but we are adding Guy Lawrence to The Wellness Couch um, stable of interviewees because we haven't interviewed him on 100 Not Out. Um, and that in many ways is a travesty because we've been running for more than five years, but there is no better time to interview Guy Lawrence than today and here's why. Guy was the co-founder of 180 Nutrition, which was a multi-million dollar, still is, I'm sure, a multi-million dollar protein supplement company. Guy was the host of the podcast, The Health Sessions or The 180 Health Sessions, which is a chart-topping podcast that both you, Damo, and myself have been featured on. But recently, Guy chose to leave 180 Nutrition and the podcast to start on a brand new adventure. Now, as a friend of Guy and having had some deep and meaningful chats with him over the time, Guy's a neighbor up here of mine on the Northern Rivers, it was a decision that wasn't made lightly and it did weigh heavily on him for some time. So, to share the struggles of a big decision, which a lot of our listeners, Damo, have struggled with making a big decision in their life. We thought we would go straight to the source of someone that has recently made it and discuss all the deep and meaningfuls and the role that meditation played for Guy in that process. Guy Lawrence, great man, a very warm welcome to you on 100 Not Out. Wow. Gentlemen, what can I say? I can sit back and listen to you two all morning. That was wonderful. 
My my only question is, what sport were you talking about with the ball tampering? I got no idea. <laughs> called soccer. It's uh, a sport called soccer. You guys call it coming from Wales. Coming from Wales, guy, cricket would be a foreign object to you, would it not? <laughs> it, it, it was a bit, mate. It rains too much over there. That's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. Wow, beautiful. Uh, guys, um, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's a, it is a privilege. And yes, Marcus, we have had many deep and meaningfuls. And one, and yes, I've made a big decision lately to step down from 180 Nutrition. And uh, and I guess for me, the the biggest um, the reason why it was such a big decision for me because that was my baby. It was uh, it spawned from nothing back in 2010. Myself and my business partner Stu, and over eight years, we probably achieved success that I'd never envisaged. Never envisaged starting a podcast. Never envisaged the company to do so well as it did. And uh, and it was a rocket ride, you know. And the the interesting aspect of that is, and when we talk about courage and talk about the things that we'll hopefully touch on today, was that. Even when I made the decision to start 180 um, back in 2007, 2008, because it kind of started organically, it was the first time I actually started following my heart more and a voice within me that felt like I needed to go in this direction as opposed to, I guess, growing up in Wales and having a career formed out for me that I get that other people were probably shaping my decisions subliminally, subconsciously, for one for a better word. And by the time I'd hit my mid-30s, I was kind of asking the big questions. What does life mean? What am I doing? Where am I going? Am I ever going to amount to anything? All those kind of questions. And when I finally got out of my own story, got out of my own way and actually just started listening to that more inner voice, that inner intuition, if you want, because I had no business skills. I had no internet skills. I kind of worked in the health industry from a fitness trainer perspective, but certainly wasn't a nutritionist at a time and that, but I still sort of waded my way through with it because there was a bigger drive sitting underneath it all. And Lord and behold, as I started following that inner voice and just trusting that instinct, things started to work out. And then I started to grow momentum and confidence from that. And it was hard, don't get me wrong, I'm not like painting a fairy tale story, but within three years, we were up for the business Telstra Awards, we'd become a multi-million dollar company, we were the first uh, company in Australia to bring an all-natural kind of protein superfood to the market, then we started the podcast, that started to go well, and things kept working out. And for a five or six year period, it was amazing, you know, but then underneath there was like a point, well, now what, you know, and, and I could start to feel myself wanting to go in a new direction and evolve, but I didn't know how to make those choices or those decisions, if you like. Um, Guy, what was, what were you feeling? Like, what were your clues that you knew that there was change approaching? Like, what, what did you feel like was happening? Because, you know, multi-million dollar business, people would dream of that. Podcast, people go, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, you sound clear. Everyone's, you know, looking at you going, oh, he's flying this guy. When did you realize that things were coming to a close for you? That's a well, that's a great question. There was a couple of things. Uh, there was the inner stuff, first of all. I think there was um, a kind of a restlessness, um, an anxiousness. There were things starting to manif- manifest within myself that I couldn't put my finger on. And, and I think I wasn't ready to look at it. And I think we can all have those things in our life, whether we might be in a wrong relationship, like myself, maybe the career needs to change and so forth, but you don't even know that's going on. So there were kind of like symptoms coming up from the body, but then it was manifested in maybe I might be a bit short tempered. I might not be I'm unhappy. Why am I unhappy? What is going on? So that was one aspect. But then things 
The other aspect was things just seemed to get harder. All the things that I would had done for that time that had always worked wasn't kind of working so well. And and me being a kind of, um, I don't know, an open-minded kind of person, I always look at these things like science from the universe almost to go, if this is not working out, it's getting hard for some reason. Maybe I need to start looking at if I'm off track and off kilter. And that's where the work starts to come in for myself. And that's where meditation started to come in. And that's where I think that self-reflection started to come in and having the good fortune of interviewing and being in the health industry and being exposed to many different thoughts and philosophies. It allowed me to start to look at different things with an open mind, not actually knowing what the outcome is going to be and start to bring tools together to help me through that process until I could then come to my own realizations and, you know, have sounding boards like Marcus there to pick up the phone and chat to now and then and things and then work my way to different realizations, but then actually having the courage to change because otherwise it's still just going to be philosophy or theory. And quite often we don't make those steps we don't go through that that pain because we do our best to avoid feelings at the end of the day, feelings that we don't like. But sometimes we need to honor them, look at them, move through them because what's on the other side could be very freeing and rewarding. And and many things start again, work out that are unforeseen and, and it works out more magical than you can expect quite often, which is, I'm finding in my case. I think there's some certain accountability that takes place when you are doing things like podcasting or running a business that you that you definitely once loved, um, because you know you can't keep it on forever. Because then you having then you definitely have to start faking it, and then that's not sustainable. And the universe will bang you over the head if you're open minded. You'll see the clues for what they are instead of going into victim mode. And we've got some upcoming episodes with Dr. John Demartini talking about victim modes and and the language of being a victim and the rest. And if you say as you, as you did, Guy, you kind of saw the clues there. Uh, I think the universe or however we'd like to term it is very good at letting us know when we're on track or off track if we're open-minded enough to um, almost like removing the ego to say, you know what, I'm off track and that's okay. Uh, but what happens next? So let's talk about the role that meditation played because you could have swept all of this under the carpet and stayed in the steady job with a secure income and doing your podcast for the next 20 or 30 years of your life, but you didn't. Mm -hmm. So I know that meditation played a role in this for you. Um, Now, again, Damo and I both put our hands on our hearts and say we are not daily meditators and not something that we are inspired to do at this phase of our life. But for you, it's a massive part of your life and a massive part of this chapter. So can you explain what role it played for you? For sure, for sure. And and I get exactly what you're saying. And for me, meditation was a foreign language for a long, long time. And I attempted to try it many times. And I just didn't get it. I really didn't get it. But what meditation and when the penny dropped for me was all around a term called metacognition, which is a neuroscience term, which just means simply becoming the observer, the watcher. And the you know ancient yogis have been talking about being the watcher for a thousand years. It's in very different traditions, used in different language. But for me, I needed a Western word and go, oh, science is now saying be the watcher, which is metacognition. And meditation was just a, a, is just an exercise, just like going to the gym or something, a skill that you can develop. There's many techniques. But it started to allow me to, to sit down in that uncomfortableness and actually learn to watch what thoughts were arising moment to moment to moment. And without getting into the science or the nervous system and how that's affecting and why thoughts are created and so forth, but 
you can start to look at the thoughts that are coming in and go, huh, does that thought serve me or doesn't it serve me? Did I create it or didn't I create it? And be able to come back to try and come back to the present moment. And people focus on their breath. People can use um, different things like focus on a candlelight or another term, proprioception, which is just focusing on inner parts of your body and so forth and coming back to that present moment. But the key is with meditation, because I think people can get lazy with it, uh, is as they learn that skill, it's being able to carry that observation into your day. So during your day, we go into autopilot, you know, uh, I think 95% of our thoughts, feelings, emotions are, are, um, are trained behaviors that we've done from the past. So we can actually be like a walking artifact of our of our past selves during the day and we don't even realize it so a lot of the thoughts we have are the same as yesterday and the day before and so forth and the way we talk about ourselves and look at the situation but as you train to be the observer and reminding yourself to be present through the day when you can it's like just like you can when you can in the skill you have a moment to interject that moment and stop for a minute and break those patterns that are running over and over and ask yourself is this thought legit right now? Is this valid? Because as we know, when we create a thought, we create a feeling that's equal to the thought. And it's that feeling is the end product that makes the, the moment feel very real to us. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And the act of practicing meditation, being then becoming the observer during a day, you're able to interject that and interrupt it. And if you do that over and over enough times, you can then start to reinforce and create new habits, new beliefs, and new thoughts that actually come around reinforcing how you would like to think, act, feel, and behave towards the future that you do truly want. So that's why meditation played such a, a, a huge role for me was that as these feelings and emotions came up of uncertainty, fear, maybe guilt for wanting to change, not happy, is this all normal? I could actually practice interrupting those patterns and looking at them objectively as an observer and not necessarily getting entwined and caught up in the whole process and slowly but surely start to interject how I do want to think, how I do want to feel, how I do want to behave, how does my future want to look like and it helped force me get clearer on what I actually want because I don't think unless we're clear on what we want we'll always resort back to the way we we currently are does that make sense it does and I'm you know I'm my the cogs in my brain guy are spinning over because I'm going okay this is super cool there'll be a lot of people out there including myself who are kind of going oh I've got some fears oh, I've got some concerns I've got some anxieties you know, how long does it take to get to the point where you can meditate? Because medita I've always joked that meditation makes me stressed or the thought of medita meditation makes me stressed. Um, so, you know, I kind of think, how long is it going to take for me to learn the art of checking in to be the observer? Um, is it something that kind of happens once you've become enlightened? Does it, does it just fall into place and all of a sudden you can be this observer because I'm all into outsourcing. I like I'll, uh, I'll go and get people to help me make decisions because I struggle to make decisions myself. So is it, does it make it easier? Does it get easy or is it what? Look, what, what should I, I, I Yeah, I look at it. It's a constant journey and they always say, you know, you know, the saying the teacher arrives when the student's ready, you know, and, and I think meditation is a teacher of yourself and when you're ready to facilitate 
maybe some change and you're willing to do the work. Because I think that's the first ingredient is that you've got to be ready to want to make this different. And for a lot of people, it's sadly, it's when the pain is great enough, then the change occurs, you know. Um, so and what the best advice I was given a long time ago was to, was to form a practice first, but start with maybe five minutes a day of literally just sitting in silence and just getting comfortable with that. Don't try and run a marathon. Like, you know, we get all these images of bloody Buddha sitting under a tree and then we're expected to be Zen-like. And I, I think that could what, be What, you don't sit under things. a tree every day? Not, I tried it, mate, but uh, it wasn't practical enough for me, eh? <laughs> Gee whiz. I thought you had to sit you know, under a tree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and and I think, but we, we have opportunities constantly to try, just try and be present. You know, and I think that's what true meditation is. It's not what we do in our practice, but what we do for the rest of our day with our eyes open as we interact through the day. Oh, now, you, now you're pushing my buttons here, guy, because this is my thing. Yeah. For too many people, and I'm going to use so many sweeping statements in general here, but for too many mm -hmm. people, meditation <laughs> has become this technique where they're this incredibly world-class gold medal winning meditator, but they're, for want of a better term, an absolute, uh, I'm not going to swear, they're just a shocking human being when they're not meditating. They're rude to their colleagues. They're angry at strangers. They're not nice to their children. They're not nice to their spouse. But then they go into the little corner of their house with their ashram and their little tree that they sit under and they meditate. And for some reason, that makes it all okay. But again, that's sweeping and that's general. And I know not everyone sees it that way. So what happened for you that made meditation more of a way of life um, and less of a technique because I would like to think that meditation is not something that just happens 30 minutes a day, but the art of observing um, and, you know, if is, the art of observing is a lifestyle. It's not something that just happens first thing when you wake up in the morning. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more with what you're saying, Marcus. Um, you know, I think for me personally, when, it, when I really started to do the same effects um, was that – Let's say you take a situation and it's coming and you, you, you've slowly been developing a meditation practice and there might be a situation, a conflict with a person or something you know that you don't want to deal with and we might avoid it. It could be a phone. It could be anything in our daily life, right? And, and you start to observe that. And then, but then you get the, the feeling that you always get. It might be anxiety about the conversation you have to have. For instance, and that's all of a sudden that starts kicking in. That's the trained response that you'd normally do. In, and all of a sudden you're feeling it. You're really feeling it. And all of a sudden it's really real. And you're like, but if you're able to just step outside that and almost treat it like uh, analogy I hear is like a crying baby, you know, uh, you, you know, you could either go and um, get the crying baby and lock it up in the cupboard and pretend it's not there and carry on the day, right? <laughs> Or, or you could pick it up, see it for a moment. You can say that these days, guys. Do we? We have to put that, an you know? E and an R rating on this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or, or, or pick it up and give it love and attention and just be there with it for a moment, you know, and just take that minute, okay? So if you look at that as an analogy to yourself and those feelings as the crying baby, and if you stop for a minute and just sort of look at it and actually give it some care, love, and attention for a moment and think, is this actually real? Is this the predetermined outcome of what's about to happen? No, we don't know what it is. And by able to observe that and look at that for a moment and then think, okay, well, how would I act, think, and feel if it was a different situation? How could it become uh, 
how could the outcome become different if I behaved in a different way sort of thing? And then if you have the courage, because that's what it takes to, to sort of almost observe what's going on, give yourself that little bit of care, attention, respect for a moment, but then step through that behavioral moment. And the moment that you step through it, and if the outcome didn't match the, the thousand times that you'd rehearsed it in your head or you ex- as always expecting it to go through the, those feelings of anxiousness. And if it does go a different way and if you go, huh, that was actually not what I expected at all. This was a completely different outcome. All of a sudden, you're reinforcing a new belief of what's possible. And if you can start to do that on a daily basis in small moments or bigger moments that might be bigger decisions, um, you start to gain confidence in that and you really start to have an objective view of what is going on with yourself. It's almost like you think you're going crazy for a while because you've got this self-dialogue with yourself. <laughs> but as you train that and practice that and actually step through that, these tiny little micro moments of courage that might be required because you're learning to become the observer can start to reinforce and help you with big, maybe bigger decisions that might be made, need to be made within your life that you haven't faced yet or might not even know that's there. So this I, is, um, it's so good. This is really challenging me. Guy, I, I like being challenged. Thanks mate. Um, I've, <laughs> I've achieved that ability to observe, but with a coach. So, you know, some people feel comfortable meditating and doing it by themselves. And, 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 but for me, doing doing that without having the ability to bounce back i kind of feel nervous about that because i kind of go well you know what if what i'm seeing and what i'm observing is a totally different story to what i'm really telling myself or observing and and i've found it in the past to be useful um having a coach you can say okay just check in sit here silence get your breath right observe what's going on observe how your body's feeling with that thought you know, what What are you thinking there? How's it making you feel? What if I throw this word in? So it's kind of almost like it's guided, but without meditation, it's like a guided coaching. Do you think that meditation is the only way or do you think that coaching is the only way or could there be a nice, happy medium where there's a blending of the two or can they both coexist or can they exist independently of each other? Totally. I, I, I think there's probably, you know, there's, there's – I'd- there's always multiple ways, I think, to get to whatever situation and outcome we want, you know, and there's different tools of the trade. And for me, meditation was something that worked. That, that worked for you. Correct. You know, I yeah. certainly don't, don't go around um, telling people they have to meditate. This is the change. It's like, I don't think we'd you know, still we have... be friends if you did, to be quite frank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I think whenever we need to facilitate change, support is always is always necessary whether it's from our close loved ones to having a coach and so forth i mean i worked in the fitness industry a long time and that's what i would do i'd be there more as a counselor half the time than a fitness trainer for people as they come in and it i guess it depends on people's situation where their personal mindset is where the what difficulties they have with themselves or the changes that i mean because ultimately at the end of the day you know whatever change we want that there's always normally fear wrapped around that because we're then stepping into an unknown and it's that unknown that scares us because we always want to be safe and secure you know even our bodies are wired that way you know to keep our homeostasis so we're up against a lot of things um so depending on the person but yeah i would agree damien you know uh, meditation is certainly only one aspect it's it's not a quick fix 
you know, it's a practice. It's a, it's a slowly revealing of oneself over time. And as you practice and get a deeper understanding of the work and, and doing it, and and you might have read a book, you know, many times or heard somebody's voice things many times. And what I found in my own circumstances, a lot of it didn't make sense. I was like, huh? What? And then one day I was like, ah, oh, that's what they mean. I kind of get it now, mm-hmm. you know, and then I could have that relationship with my daily life. Oh, because it took on a new meaning. This is wonderful. You are you are red hot. So <laughs> you mentioned support. This is a wonderful segue because we haven't actually uh, mentioned. I don't think I, I mentioned it in the beginning, but you have set up your your new business. Your new message is let it in, and uh, it's a four week program. So for people listening that would like your support in not just meditating but uh, creating uh, the life on their own terms as well, tell us about let it in and how it works, and then I've come up with a. A great idea for 100 Not Out listeners as well. But tell us about Let It In first of all, Guy. Totally. Thanks Thanks for that. Yeah, look, Let It In is a four-week program. I wanted to look at all the things in my experience of working in the online business on the health industry for the last eight years and look at what I felt were the determined factors, what really is going to help facilitate change and help people because I didn't want to just develop a program that we spend all the money on the marketing, get them in there, and then just leave them to it. Hopefully, they'll watch the videos. You know, that's not what I'm about. So there's a start date and an end date. And I think one of the greatest aspects of any anything that you're trying to learn is to bring a, a bunch of like-minded people together to create a community around it. You know, and what I've found by running the program twice so far, it attracts a certain kind of person that's maybe ready to look at meditation, ready to look at maybe some of the basic understandings behind it and how it affects the body. But then more importantly, how they can actually apply that over four weeks. Now, four weeks is enough time to actually to select something that maybe you want to work on a change. It could be a habit. It could be anything you want. Uh, and, and, and see if you do the work and see enough of that change within that four-week period because they say it takes three to four weeks to break a habit. But when you're doing it with a joint community, people are reporting back in and we jump, we jump on and log on live with a Zoom class every week for an hour. So we have discussions around it. That support's there and the people don't feel like they're alone because work like this, you can kind of feel alienated within your own groups because not everyone is out there talking about meditation and <laughs> and so forth. So that's probably the, the, the gist of the program. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And, and again, it's a four-week program, not a four-month or four-year program. So it's a nice bite-sized introduction to meditation and again, create developing that courage to live life more on your own terms. You've also got the Guy Lawrence podcast, which we highly recommend, um, which is just one of your wonderful new creations. But Guy, this is what I'm thinking and Dame, I haven't told you about this either, but here's my idea. 100 Not Out listeners that register mm-hmm. in the four-week uh, Let It In program can also get a bonus access to the 100 Not Out lifestyle program, which Dame, you and I recorded on the Greek island of Ikaria. It's a one-hour mm-hmm. short course on all of the best bits of our learnings uh, from and so, if people click on the link in the show notes, they uh, will not only register for Let It In, but they will also get access to the 100 Not Out Lifestyle Program. What do you reckon, folks? Just to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, you did this to me with Adelaide. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. that's, the we, that's the way we do it. Okay. How do I say no to that? You can't say no to that. <laughs> it's too good an offer to say no. Yeah. Yep, yeah so, there you have it. So. Good. Thanks, uh, Marcus Pierce. No, no worries, folks. My pleasure. So, Guy, you said this has a start date and an end date. When does it start? When does it finish? So, it'll be kicking off, if my calendar brain uh, reminds me, it'll be May, Monday, May the 15th for four weeks. 
and there'll be a 10-day window to sign up prior to that. Cool. All right. So it kicks off Monday, May 15th. So this episode will be released well and truly before then. So folks, you've got good time to go and register. Click the link in the show notes to register to find out all the details. And uh, when you do register there, you will also receive bonus access to the 100 Not Out Lifestyle Program valued at two ninety seven. That's cool, guy. You've been an absolute joy to interview. I can't believe this is the first time we've spoken with you on the podcast. But um, you've pushed our buttons. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. Might have to have you back on the podcast for a bit more of a deep and meaningful. But uh, in the meantime, well done on not only developing the courage to make the shift, but actually uh, committing to the committing to your decision. As scary as it would have been, no doubt, and actually letting it in to uh, live life on your own terms. Guy Lawrence, as we like to say, may the rest of your life, great man, continue to be the best of your life. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Damo, as always, thanks for your wisdom on this podcast, great man. Thank you, PC. Well done. For more info on Damo, folks, uh, thank you. um, Go to DamienChristoph.com, find out all about what Damo is up to, including listening to the number one show, The Wellness Guys, absolutely flying along. Um, We must thank Joseph Tomo, our editor for all the podcasts on The Wellness Couch, Rosie Garner, who does our social media, and for over 2,000 podcasts on The Wellness Couch Podcast Network with almost, Damo, I haven't told you this, almost 7 million lifetime downloads across the network. That's crazy. Head on over (laughs) to The wellnesscouch.com check out the entire range of podcasts available give this podcast a five-star rating in the itunes store and uh, as always thanks for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.